Welcome to the IP2 podcast. We are happy to be joined by our friend and the winner of our RTN here in Calgary, Sean Brain. Sean has been a member of our community here for a while and a longtime Ranger player as far as I can remember. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, Sean, can you briefly introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm Sean, uh, 30 years old, just had a birthday actually on Wednesday, so happy birthday. Happy birthday. Freshly 30. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know what, what to say, but, uh, you know, this is my first, uh, serious card game, I guess I've been ever, ever into. I played Yu-Gi-Oh back in the day. Um, okay. so that's, that's about it. Um, big time hockey fan, love the Calgary Flames. I've been playing hockey essentially my whole life. Um, yeah, that's about it. I don't yeah. know what else you guys want. <laughs> no, it's fine. Whatever no. you want to deliver. Hockey, uh, we're Canadian, so hockey seems to be a common topic here whenever we interview people. Yeah, and you, I mean, in a typical week, I guess, how many times do you do you play hockey? I used to play a lot more. Uh, I actually tore my ACL, and that kind of slowed me down on the mm. hockey trend. Um, but before that, I was playing competitively essentially my whole life. Um, and then when I hit university, started playing in like a rec league, um, just played like once or twice a week kind of thing. Um, but yeah, the, the ACL tearing kind of slowed me down from that path. I still played after that, but, um, it was, uh, I got a lot slower. Let's just say I feel old now. (laughs) Well, I, I gotta tell you, uh, once you cross 30, uh, your back starts hurting all the time. (laughs) And your knees. Yeah. Oh man. There's there's a few things that start to go. It was funny, like a couple weeks before my birthday, my back was killing me. Like I couldn't even like get out of bed without it hurting. So I'm like, yep. well, this is 30, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's that's awesome. And it's great to hear that you have more of a sports background um, and getting into games. Like, have you always just been good at sports and games like this dual threat? Or did you come <laughs> into games at a later point in, in your life? I've uh I've been a gamer my whole life really like yeah. always I picked up a Game Boy Color played Pokemon Blue back in the day ever mm. since then I've been a gamer through and through and that just kind of led me into the sports avenue of I feel like I'm pretty competitive when I want to be um so hockey was a good outlet for my competitive nature You kind of said that this was your fab was your first competitive game so what kind of player do you consider yourself? Are you like casual? Or are you ultra competitive? Where do you see yourself? In flesh and blood, I would say I'm pretty casual. I I don't really play that much outside of like army events or anything. Like I don't practice. I play Talishar a little bit, but um, yeah, I, I would say I'm pretty casual when it comes to flesh and blood. You were kind of mentioning that you also, when you do get out to armories, it's mostly draft nights too. So not even CC. Yeah, like barely have been to a armory where it has been cc like played a little bit of blitz um, but mostly draft nights on tuesday Mm -hmm. nice do you feel like you still get to practice some fundamentals during draft that can help you for your cc gameplay yeah yeah i think like like learning all the cards like there's some generics that you would think of just never playing in your deck but i i think they're good to you know get the other side of flesh and blood that you 
you don't really see when you're just like focused so so much on your hero that you kind of just forget everything else that's happening around you so i think draft is really good to you know learn the basics and like learn all the other cards that you might have forgotten about nice let's talk about your big win then um what was your prepper like preparation like going into it I mean, I, I feel like I didn't really prepare at all. I definitely went into the event not expecting anything. Um, I I actually changed my deck list like the day before, just listening to some YouTube videos while I worked. Um, and I was like, oh, maybe I should throw in this card. And yeah, that's kind of how the preparation went. It was just listening to other people talk about Plexi and kind of what they've been playing um and then just thinking of if it would be good in our meta and like what kind of heroes i would be expecting going into the event um and yeah just kind of went from there yeah i talked to a few people and i know there was some lexi players out there that were also making changes the night before uh, but it didn't go so well for them um, <laughs> it, it seemed to work out for you what did you make many changes or only a few changes to the deck I think one of the biggest changes was uh, including one Artivore. Um, I forget like what uh, YouTube video I was watching, but they're like, Artivore is really good into Lexi, but you never want to see two of them because they don't block for anything. Um, you know, it's just kind of like a weird hand if you see two of them. Yeah. Um, so including one um, is really good and, I agree with that. Like every time I saw Art of War in the RTN, um, it was huge. Like I had massive turns with the Art of War. And then I guess the other change was including Frostlock, um, but didn't really see much of that, but it was a good blue pitch to have. So. Mm -hmm. nice. so I feel like one of the reasons why some players struggle with a brand new list after making last minute changes is because they don't have that deeper level of familiarity with a hero. Like if you just pick up a deck and you practice for a couple weeks and then all of a sudden you make some changes, you don't have a lot of experience to fall back on. But for someone like yourself with Lexi, and I feel this way with Oldham, like if I did have to make some changes the night before, I can kind of see... I guess the role that that card fits in the deck, whatever I'm putting in and whatever I'm taking out. I guess what what do you think about that? Like, do you agree with that? Like, all of that two years of experience you have playing Rangers gives you the ability to be adaptable like that. Yeah, I think uh, you know, I going into it when they said you like you never want to see two Art of Wars in your hand. Like, I could see why they were talking about that because you know like i knew art of war through and through because i played lexi um when she was like ice fusion lexi um so i had art of wars in the deck at that point um and i i came across you know having two art of wars in my hand and i'm like what what do i do with this kind of thing um so i kind of knew exactly what he was talking about when he said you only want to see one um and I didn't even really practice with it. I was just like in the event, I would see it and I just kind of knew the line I had to take when I saw that. Um, same with Frostlock. Like it was a card I played 
in Ice Fusion Lexi because it was actually a really good card when you fuse it. Um, so I, I just when I heard that people are playing with those cards, I just instinctually said, yeah, I think it would be a good card, good couple cards to include, and threw it in. Nice. That's interesting. I've, I've always been a a three of guy for a lot of things because I really like the consistency of finding those cards that you really want. And I've just started learning to actually come down from three ofs and go to two ofs in certain cards because that exact um, example is you don't want to see uh, two of X card in, in your hand. Mm-hmm. So, and I really struggle seeing um, with the idea of having one because I want to see that card. And so for me to see that card, I want more copies of it. So it's interesting to hear you talk about a single copy of Art of War and finding like some really good success with it. Yeah, I mean, a problem Lexi doesn't have nowadays is having access to so many good cards. Um, yeah. So I didn't. I wasn't even playing with Art of Wars before, and you know, before that, Art of War was like one of Lexi's like go to cards to have because she she can attack so wide, and Art of War mm-hmm. just really helps you do that and you know have better hands when you see it um but now with all of her access to all all the good cards and codex and all the good arrows and um it just kind of eliminated art wars and yeah to your point like i think uh you know having only one or two cards uh it's kind of weird sometimes because it kind of messes with your sideboard you're like uh what do i take out and if you take out one of the card then maybe like a copy of three cards kind of gets jumbled around and it's it's always awkward, but I kind of had to play around that a little bit in the RTN and just kind of made decisions on the go. Yeah, I've noticed that with um, talented heroes that when you're adding like a generic and you offset your pitches or all of a sudden your, your fuse cards and stuff like that because you put in a powerful generic, you're like, yeah, what do I take out? And trying to remember like your ratios of maybe fuse cards or even pitch cards. You're like, oh, I'm going to take out this blue because I don't need it. I'm going to put in a red. And that is something that's hard to think about on the fly when you're not necessarily prepared for. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So with your level of preparation for the RTN, where were your goals at? Like, what did you think you could do? What did you want to achieve on the day? I went into it like hoping to make top eight. I you know, before that, I don't think I really made top eight in barely anything, like maybe one or two events. I don't even think it was a CC event, though. I think they're both blitz, if I'm not mistaken. And I had to leave early on one of the top eights. Um, so never really got to, like, you know, play it through and see how far I could really go. Um, and so, yeah, my my goal was top eight. I I honestly really didn't expect much going into it. Like, you know, I just kind of play flesh and blood to have fun. Um, yeah. So it was it was pretty exciting, like seeing it all the way through and, you know, the adrenaline rush that you get at the end of or playing those final couple hands and you kind of like picture it that you, you think you might have it. Um, is It's uh, it's pretty, pretty thrilling. Was there a special moment or play in the day that really stands out? to you at this point uh i mean i drew pretty crazy and like even in my final game i think like i had the momentum and i drew two rain razors uh three of a kind and like a red blood rot 
a blood rot shot laced, laced with oh, okay. infecting shot infecting infecting shot, yeah. shot yeah. yeah um i drew that like had the tunic up and i'm like oh man he just passed back to me i'm like this is this, you can't like get any better than this um and that was in the final game final couple of hands um so I, that was pretty exciting my uh my game against madison um he was playing icelander i had a pretty crazy art of war turn and it's uh it definitely like let me get ahead and just really take off with the game at that point um so that was that was pretty good as well with having some really good draws on the day was there a game that stands out where you played very well and and had to i guess circumnavigate some not great hands uh I not not many stand out. I think like when you're playing, you don't really necessarily see those. Like I mean, like you you might draw a bad hand, but then you're just like, oh, I'll just block this turn and maybe hopefully take momentum back. And that's mm-hmm. kind of just how I played. I I made sure I didn't you know rush it too much. Um, just uh, you know, if I had a bad hand, like block it out. Hopefully something better comes. Um, and that kind of worked for me as I was going around. Actually, one of the first games I played was Oldham and I drew so weirdly and it was, it was his turn. Uh, he played first and I drew like an art of war, rain razor and like two, two blocks and he played a crippling crush or no, sorry. He played, uh, what's the one with no go again? Uh, spinal, spinal, spinal. He played a spinal crush on me. I'm like, oh man, if I don't block this out like it's going to be really weird so i ended up playing the art of war defensively on my first turn and i'm like oh why did i put this card in but it it uh it ended up working in the end so nice yeah sometimes you have to make those plays to to get through a game that feel awkward yeah yeah i I gotta jump in here and sean you you do not give yourself enough credit here and talk about your own plays uh even in in my game against you it was unfortunately we had to play in swiss uh my oldham deck was super teched against ranger because i knew andrew was bringing ranger i knew brandon was bringing ranger from edmonton so i i had all of the spice i had all of the cards to fatigue ranger and you brought me down to zero cards in deck to life with just my heart like like you played that game so well like it 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 was incredible to see like this man does not give himself enough credit (laughs) at all yeah that was that was actually a pretty fun game to play um you gained so much life on that heart it was incredible um yeah but uh I think one of my best plays against you was keeping the lightning press out on the field and just like waiting for the most opportune moment to uh, to hit you with that. Because like I knew that you couldn't block out one of the cards I had coming. Um, so just waiting for that pristine moment to hit you with that. Yeah, that was a scary, scary time. And I, I have to say like very few Rangers, like when I was playing that deck, um, like, okay, I don't even want to say that because each ranger that I faced presented their own challenge. Like, we talked about Emily's uh, triple last-ditch effort uh, Lexi last week, but both her deck and your deck both uh, 
really made me feel like I was about to lose the game. Like, <laughs> you played it so well. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So, you you won the RTN. Do you have any plans moving forward here to ramp up how competitively you take the game? Or are you going to keep it level, keep doing what you're doing, keep enjoying it that way? Has anything about this win changed anything for you like that? Uh, I think I'm going to keep it casual. Like, I yeah. always love playing. Um, I think the only thing that might change is I'm kind of on the fence of going to Nationals. I think it would okay. be... A pretty cool experience to go um i don't know if i'm personally ready for that and like if i do go i think i might actually have to try to practice a little bit and you know figure out some of the card i like i don't even know the name of spinal crush or like that well so i, I feel we like put I you need... on the spot <laughs> yeah, yeah it's hard yeah, to think on right. the spot yeah it is um but yeah i think that's the only thing that would really change is like if I do go to nationals, like I feel like I would practice a little bit. Um, but other than that, I keep it casual. I love playing the game just for how fun it is. I don't think it needs to be, you know, too crazy competitive. Yeah, I'm gonna jump in before Felix does. Um, again, you don't give yourself enough credit. You're you're obviously a good player. You won an RTN. You had to play arguably the best player in Alberta in semis, was it? I think. Yeah. Uh, and beat him so i think you're ready i think uh you, you you can you can do a lot better than you might think you will and um you never know until you go uh, when i went to nats two years ago i wasn't ready for it and you just go ahead and have fun it's a it's it's a blast and i know felix would push you to go if, if if you can go if you can make it yeah oh yeah absolutely i and and before we we jump on, I I know our script says we have to move on, but man, it's just so much fun to talk about the day, and you know these local tournaments are so important to us. Like during top eight, like were you watching any of the other games? Were you were you rooting for anyone in particular? Um, did what did you feel when you saw you were up against Andrew in the semifinals? Just take us through, I guess the the entire top eight a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah. So. I mean, I was expecting um, some more Kano players uh, through the day. So I sideboarded in a Heart of Ice. Mm. Um, and the, my first game was against Madison on Icelander. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just put the Heart of Ice. I think it's the right call to put Heart of Ice in, get a couple or one more AB in there. Um, and it actually worked out quite well playing the Heart of Ice against him, making forcing him to do the first move and just kind of seeing if I'm going to get a frostbite or not um, definitely helped a lot. Um, and so, yeah, that game kind of got taken away when I had the crazy Art of War turn. Um, <clears throat> after that, uh, I think it was like 6 o'clock or something by the time I finished that first game, and I had barely eaten all day. Um, so I turned around, saw you, and uh, you Felix, and Travis um, – playing your game and i'm like oh i got time he's <laughs> he's an old um, fatigue yeah. player so i oh. i ran out and grabbed uh grabbed a burger um and came back and watched the end of your your guys's game um and not gonna lie i was cheering for travis to win because yep. i i i don't really know how to play against a fatigue deck i think that's definitely one 
of the biggest challenges. Like I don't really pitch stack that well. Um, I just hope I draw what I need to draw when, when I need it. Um, so yeah, seeing him beat you, I was like, Oh, thank you. Cause did not want to face you again, Felix. Um, yep. and then, uh, yeah, I mean, playing Andrew was a lot of fun. I think it was like one of the first times I've ever played him. I heard, uh, heard so many stories about him being the big bad wolf in Alberta. Um, so I was pretty actually excited to play him. Um, and that game went really well. Um, and then, yeah, Travis, I played Travis in the second round, beat him and, you know, playing Travis in the final round, I, I thought I had a really good shot. I think I pair well into Briar. Um, it is a tough match for sure, but, uh, it's whoever can take tempo first really. And whoever can hit harder. And I, you know, trusted in my deck that I built it around essentially going wide and hitting hard. Um, so I didn't think Briar really stood a chance and luckily he didn't get any channels out. I don't believe he might've got one early game, um, but just outlasted him. No, thank you so much. Yeah. Between, uh, Madison on Icelander and yeah, Andrew on, on Lexi and yeah, Andrew is a amazing player and, you know, great guy as well, like very nice. And, uh, you know, as much as we use him as a big bad wolf, he's actually, yeah. <laughs> he's actually, you know, when it comes time to for national season and all that, we all band together, you know, the, the rival cities as one province and, and yeah. we're ready to take on the rest of Canada. And yeah, an amazing match uh, against Travis on Briar in the end. Perfect. Yeah, we love you, Andrew. Just so you know, you're the benchmark. <laughs> it's a good place to be. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's move on a little bit and let's talk about some news in the greater fab sphere. I guess Sean, are you are you ready to hop on this journey with Shay and I? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. All right. So first of all, dusk till dawn spoilers. So we've been seeing a few new cards trickle out here and there from the newest set. I guess let's go one by one. Have we been keeping up and what are you excited for? Shay, you want to go first? Sure. Um, I have been keeping up a bit. Uh, we, you know, our, we have a spoiler channel on our Discord that we get to reference every time we want to look at something, which is super nice. Um, as a former Prism player, I'm super excited to see Prism come back and uh, very interested to see what she can do. So I am very excited to see what we can do with Numenaris. That's what I'm calling it. All right. Um, I really like, I really like the, the go again. There's obviously going to be a lot more deck building constraints around it. Um, I'm going to make an early prediction that she's going to come out of the gate as like a hybrid hero for CC. I don't know about Blitz. Uh, we only know the Blitz hero at the moment. So, um, but I think she'll focus again on, you know, uh, auras or allies along with big attacks like your heralds. So uh, I am super excited to see that. And I honestly, I also am excited about Unity keyword. I really like that it's a a generic um, keyword, but based on the class or hero, uh, it presents a different benefit for everybody. Because one thing that it feels like um, Fab tends towards favoring a lot of aggro choices. Obviously, 
Oldham is a bit of an, an enigma in a defensive hero that has really good defensive options. But the game is designed around doing damage and not just blocking out and fatiguing all the time. So I do like to see there, with something like Oldham transitioning out, I do like to see more defensive options and choices come into play where it's actually, you're getting a benefit from defending. So I'm excited to see what they're going to do with uh, Unity. How about you, Sean? Have you been following it all? Uh, <clears throat> haven't been following that much. Uh, I I know Prism's coming back, which I'm not happy about being a Ranger player. Uh, one of my one of the first games I ever played was Azalea versus Prism, and that's just oh, that's rough. That, yeah, it was it was very it's rough. Awful. I had no idea no idea what to do against her. Um, but yeah, I haven't followed that much. I'm excited for. I really enjoyed Monarch, um, so excited to to see what kind of cards are coming out with that. So do you tend to go into a new set release with minimal knowledge then? Yeah, I I go to the the sealed event and just kind of read the cards as I open the packs. I know like a little bit of what's coming out. Um, I don't even think I knew that there was six heroes coming out in Outsiders. Mm-hmm. I thought there was like four or five. Um, so that was, that was a nice surprise. But yeah... I mean, I hear about a little bit about it through the community, um, but don't really look into it very far myself. I'm kind, I'm kind of jealous of that. Like, I want to go into an event or a new set blind, but the kind of the competitive nature and just the excitement of a new set really wants I, takes over me, and I really want to see the stuff as they come out. So I kind of envy you in that regard, being able to go into a, a set, you know, fresh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I remember even for Outsiders pre-release, uh, in the week leading up to release, there were so many YouTube videos. It's like, choose this strategy to XO your pre-release. And yeah. I'm like, really? Like, what's what's the point of that? It's a, it's a fun event. I mean, I, I, I guess there might be a first place prize. I forget at this point. But the mat, I think. Maybe. Yeah, oh, yeah, maybe. Foil. Cold foil mm. weapon, I think, right? Or okay, maybe that's why <laughs> we're all old. We don't have we don't have memories. But there was there was first there was first place prizing on the line, which is I think why right. there was a bit of a, Fair a push from the competitive side. Um, Felix, how about yeah. you? Is there anything that you're excited about for Dust Till Dawn? So right now I am a man adrift, uh, searching for a new home, which is fine. <laughs> so everything is a little bit exciting for me. I do tend to keep up with the new spoilers. I'm I'm excited about the way the story is going to develop. I'm excited to see what the new heroes are going to do. Um, things like Prism tend to excite me as somewhat more of a controlling player, more of a board state kind of player. So I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath to see more of the new Prism, especially. And I also want to know if there's any new heroes besides the two that we've been talking about or mm. what's the spice that's going to drop um one other thing that i've been tracking during the spoiler season and i have to think back to one of my favorite quotes from ted lasso uh the first season is i i would like to ask people to be curious not judgmental of any new spoilers that are coming out i've, I've seen some pretty extreme reactions to vincent as well as the oldham specialization as well pretty extreme whiplash seeing a lot of people saying 
this is garbage, this is unplayable one minute, and then the next minute, oh, this is busted, this is going to break the game, I'm going to quit the game because LSS keeps on printing busted stuff like this, and people people tend to get a little bit heated during spoiler season, we don't have the full context, um, and I, even from a judging perspective, there's some things that we don't fully understand at this point about the way certain interactions work. As of now, I don't know what a figment is, for example. Yeah. So my my appeal to everyone is to stay calm and be curious. Enjoy. I'm just excited about stuff. So take it yeah. in stride. You don't have, like you said, you don't have all the pieces. And LSS seems to like to have really polarizing matchups or um, heroes that have a really good matchup into another hero. Yes, maybe Vincent, like you're talking about, has a really good matchup into Prism. Uh, but there's one thing that you can do in this game, and that's be flexible and change your game plan, learn your meta, know what you're up against, and tech into that or tech out of it, um, and have options. So, yeah, let's see what's going to happen. So, moving on, we're going to talk about a little bit about Living Legends. Uh, quick note, uh, Oldham is gone at this point. Thoughts on that, Felix? Yeah, you don't need to ask me. Move on. <laughs> How about you, Sean? What do you think? <laughs> I, I'm glad about it. Like I said, I'm not uh, big into fatigue, and I don't really know how to play against it, so pretty excited for Oldham being gone, not going to lie. Yeah. And what do you make of Briar sticking around at 998 Living Legend points? Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, you know, I had the option of passing Briar through to the LL when I played against <laughs> Travis, um, but uh, Felix kind of talked me out of that, saying, Oh, you've stuck stuck with Lexi for so long. You should should take the the points for her. So yeah, you deserve your name. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I enjoy playing against Briar. So I, other than Rosetta Thorns, um, so I'm excited. Nice. Yeah, Felix, what are you thinking about Briar sticking around? I mean, Briar in its current iteration without Ball Lightning around is a very fun deck to play against and i say this as someone that has been on the receiving end of a lot of channel mount heroic beatdowns like briar feels like at this point a fairly flexible hero that does have some high roll potential but she does feel enjoyable to play against because she has some defensive options with the embodiment, especially in sending her to block. She has some powerful turns. She has some below rate turns. Um, I think a lot of the negativity that I feel towards Briar, even today, maybe like Sean pointed out, because of Rosetta and just how it seems to be so powerful for any Runeblade. Um, think about Chain, think about Viserai, having to run nebula blade instead of rosetta like i i'm actually probably going to be sad that that briar is gone um and this sounds really weird again as someone that's lost a lot of games to to briar i don't know i'm not sure how to feel i'm, I'm gonna be a little sad i i played her early on um but at this point with her being so close to living legend we only saw like one iteration like zero cost for go again low to the ground kind of um briar i really wish rosetta was an elemental weapon i think that would have really helped the situation um but we didn't get to see you know a blossoming spell blade or a flicker wisp deck or an earth briar deck be successful and 
that unfortunately missed the mark, I think, for that hero. You know, the whole set was uh, themed around these heroes having two access to two elements, and yet this hero basically doesn't use any of that. And so I'm a little sad that we don't get to see those um, those briars before she leaves. So, but I also like most people. I'm kind of glad Rosetta is gone because I want to see. I just want to move on at this point. It's not that I I dislike Rosetta. I am a partial Runeblade player. I do enjoy Rosetta. You know, it does have a condition that has to be met that isn't always met. So it it is strong when it's strong, but sometimes it's a pile of garbage too. Um, but I guess you can always swing for one arcane and two on a blue, which is pretty good. Yeah, so. and t- to your point, like aesthetically, even. Um... I can't wait for next Briar. I hope that they'll take her in a direction that's more elemental focused so we can run more of those cards like Blossoming Spellblade and maybe some of the Tall Earth cards. Right now, if you take a look at the contents of the Briar deck, it's pretty ugly. Just again, <laughs> from an aesthetic yeah. point of view, it's all these ravenous rabbles and random random generics. Uh, and I, I mean, I really appreciate decks that have a consistent visual theme like even something like arcane icelander or phi you know just from a cohesive aesthetic point of view i don't know it scratches a kind of itch that uh that i like being scratched sometimes sean does that stuff matter matter to you as well yeah i i agree what you said about rosetta it definitely should have been an elemental weapon um because i just hate how pretty much it's the go-to weapon for all all the rune blades. Um, and that being said, like Briar is a very balanced deck. Um, you know, they have they can have really bad turns, but you know, when you when you set it up and uh, set your channel mount up and you know, it's it can be pretty pretty gross too. Um, that being said, I think Voltaire should be not elemental we're gonna go down that path <laughs> here comes azalea it's a pretty it's yeah, a I pretty wanna... sus weapon it's pretty good yeah i i i was building a deck with azalea with voltaire just to see how how it was um mm. never got to play it though but it would azalea would be so fun to play with yeah. a voltaire like weapon we'll move on to our next topic and we have had a lot of callings announced over the past couple months and Early on in this podcast, we were talking about an imbalance when it came to the events in North America specifically, with a lot of callings and battle hardens on the East Coast of North America, and really not a lot to speak of um, on the West Coast and and Central America. Um, Since then, we have had the U.S. Nationals and a calling in Las Vegas announced for late August. And just a couple days ago, as of recording, we have had a calling in Dallas announced in October as well. So I'm sure LSS um, has heard quite a bit of feedback about this from from a lot of different people, and they have delivered uh, to their credit. And when we hear about different, more accessible travel opportunities like this opening up to, to attend the big premier events like callings, I guess, does that excite you? Is that something that you could see yourself taking advantage of this year or maybe potentially in the future? I guess, Sean, uh, we'll go to you first. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is discouraging not having anything closer. Like, I 
think if there were bigger events um, on the west side, I would um, really consider going to them. Like, because they're all east, I never even thought of going to them. It's just too much of a commitment to, to go all the way out there. And that's kind of what's even stopping me about national. It's like, uh, it's all the way in Ontario, um, pretty far away. And it's just, you know, it's, it's a pretty, pretty long way from West side of Canada to the East side. Um, so you really have to plan everything out if you're going to take a trip like that. Yeah. Would something like Vegas or Dallas be more palatable to someone like yourself if you were to make a, a trip? and spend a weekend playing cards and enjoying something like a calling? Yeah, I think so, for sure. I think, you know, you wouldn't have to take so many days off work, if any. I think you could kind of work around just leaving after work Friday and getting back Sunday a lot easier if it's somewhere close like Vegas um, or Dallas. So definitely would consider it a lot more. Yeah. Have you ever traveled for for card games or, or games like this? No, no. Um, like, have, haven't have even really traveled to Edmonton for any of those <laughs> events. Just because none of them really lined up yeah. that well. Um, but yeah, never really traveled at all for any of any card event like this hey you you are a local legend sean that's that's totally fine <laughs> totally fine oh, appreciate that. yeah but could you see yourself doing something like that in the future like does that kind of thing sound fun to you or does it sound like a room full of nerds like what do you think no i i think it would be a lot of fun it would be quite the experience and i definitely want to do at least one in some of my flesh and blood career at some point not sure when or where but i definitely want to uh, get out and you know go with the alberta crew and try to you know help one of us to uh, a victory all right well canadian nationals or vegas in august not not going to hold you to it while we're live but uh, we'll <laughs> chat later I, I can't do vegas unfortunately i actually Oof. have something planned that weekend but nationals i'm definitely like i'm on the fence all right if you guys talk me into it i might might do it all right We'll talk after. We'll talk again to it. <laughs> Shay, what do you think about these callings that have just been announced? I think it's great, obviously. The more events that we get access to, the more exposure the game is going to get. Um, seeing LSS put more money into it. And I think it's just better. I uh, love seeing them reach out to like uh, Japan and some of the newer countries that start just started getting into Flesh and Blood as well. So I think that's uh, really exciting to see. Um, then reach out to those areas. <laughs> I know so, the cats go wild at this time of night every time we record. So apologize for not being able to cut out the meows uh, in, in editing. Like, at see, this point, well, we're laughing. just we're just gonna need to give the cats some guest billing here and give them <laughs> right. full credit. I, I believe gonna, in crediting. Yeah, he's gonna step on my keyboard and do something. I know he is. Oh no! All right, <laughs> just delete all footage. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, no, I'm no super, super happy that there's more and more um, spread out opportunities for people, not only within North America, but around the world, like Shay mentioned, Japan, uh, more countries in Europe. Um, yeah, it's it's really great to see. Um, yeah, can't can't say can't say enough about that. And I hope to go to to Vegas. Um, judge applications are going live in a couple days here so fingers crossed but even if i'm not successful 
maybe I'll I'll go in and and try to play Oldham in the in the calling there. You think he'll still be alive? I don't think it. I don't think it's uh, it's going to go very well for me. <laughs> but uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, you'll get accepted, Felix. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you will. Yeah, I'll just slide sure. under Felix, the radar. Felix is one of the best judges, James. If you're if you're listening to this, <laughs> the best Shea judge is right here. Like, how can you say that? <laughs> oh, I'm saying oh. I'm talking to the two best judges. That's what. That's what <laughs> all right. Sorry, I'm not slated in any way, shape, or form. So it's all oh, good. Man. Oh man! All right. Well, let's. And yeah, we'll just move on to our next quick topic here. We have been talking about uh, Canadian Nationals a little bit here. It has been announced for Mississauga, which is part of the greater Toronto area by the airport. I guess no real surprise there. There's just so much more population in Canada and an active player base in that region. Um, really excited. I believe it's Red Riot that uh, that is hosting this time. They've been part of the game from the beginning. I think Shay, you you know the the store and and the owner yeah. and all that. Yeah, Steve, Steve and I go way back, uh, yeah. back to the online days of Flesh and Blood. <clears throat> Steve's super passionate about this game. Um, you can see when you talk to him, he started a store to support Flesh and Blood and Pokemon. Uh, nice. Yeah. So he, I, I know his heart's going to be in the right place when he puts this event together. So I am looking forward to seeing how well it goes uh, for Red Riot Games. And I hope uh, they do well. And I kind of have an expectation that they do do well. They were, they've had their kind of a time in the spotlight with some of their big skirmishes, uh, big prize payouts um, back in the day. So they're well known for putting on major events in Canada, I would say. They're, they're not, you know, an unknown company. So and one thing I'm thinking about while we're kind of talking about Canadian Nats in the East, um, I would kind of expect once the game grows to whatever number LSS decides, so hopefully within like three to five years, I would say that we maybe get a, a Nats out of Vancouver or something like that once the game kind of has more population to support it. Um, but for now, it, I mean, it just, again, we've talked about it lots that it kind of makes sense to be where the population is. Yeah, well, we'll just need to keep growing the game in... A- coast to coast right to Mm -hmm. to give lss some data to show that there are players in in all parts of the country and hopefully yeah keep on growing the next thing on the docket is judge packs that were announced what are you thinking about judge packs felix oh man well i have typically pretty atrocious booster luck so i i can't wait to open up a judge pack if i am lucky enough to be selected uh, (laughs) to judge a major event in the future and uh probably get like a non-foil cracked bobble or something that's uh that's pretty much yeah. what i expect sure have you heard of these <laughs> judge packs uh sean i have not what are they so currently judges get a known uh promo card when it comes to judging the tier two and up events uh so it'll be like uh an adjudicator pro um promo or something like that and uh, now they're going to be doing a single card sealed booster and in the first series, there's six different cards that you can get. So it's random. Oh. You don't know what it, don't know what they are. Uh, the current cards, they're all cold foil. Uh, there's like a the new adjudicator Therion and his his or her gavel. There's wounded bull, cash in pummel, and I think Arc Arclight Sentinel are the, the oh, yeah. six cards. Oh, wounded bull, cool. I found to be a very interesting choice uh, for a promo card. Uh, I don't know what are your thoughts on that, Felix. 
I mean, that's probably going to be the one I open when I open my judge pack. So, do do, do you think it's an homage to Michael Hamilton? <laughs> it has to be, right? Like, wound. I mean, that's the reason why that one was chosen and not wounding blow or barraging bighorn or something, right? Like that one actually <laughs> yeah. has some notoriety. Yeah. But man, that cold foil pummel. I guess part of me is thankful that uh, Oldham li living legended. Otherwise, I would probably be tempted. That one looks pretty rare and pretty yeah. coveted. Well, the arc light looks pretty good too. Yeah. If if you got one, would you keep it sealed or would you would you open? I'm an open guy. Yeah. 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 Me too. Open Definitely open time. guy. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's all. That's the way it should be. Um, yeah. I agree with the sentiment that the card should be known and played. I I am so scarred from. Um, yeah, from, from opening packs and not getting much, I'd probably keep mine sealed. <laughs> Just try to try to pot it off to the next person. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. All well, right, you never but... know if you don't open it. That's the thing. It's always so tempting to me. I'm like, oh, I got to know what's in this. Wow. Yeah, that there's there's been a lot of news and we haven't covered news in in a in a month and a half, but no, that's a pretty good snapshot of uh some of the more exciting things going on over the, the last few weeks here. I guess before we wrap up, I would like to ask, I know there's been a few pretty big video game releases over the last few weeks as well. Have you guys been playing anything, taking advantage of this downtime in the fab competitive season? Sean, you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've been playing Diablo four quite a bit. Yeah. Um, it's, such a fun game love it i yeah. played uh diablo 3 i never played diablo 2 but a lot of my friends did and they were talking about how fun of a game that was and so got into diablo 3 and now diablo 4 is just like just a step up from 3 it's it's a really fun game what uh what are you playing uh i'm a hardcore player oh um so i i love the thrill of just like on the edge of dying and you're just spamming q to to heal with a healing pot um so i'm playing a necromancer build and i also have a sorcery sorcerer build on okay. hardcore nice what level are your characters uh my necro is 20 or sorry uh 51 and my sorcerer is 45 and then I have a barb that's twenty, just in normal. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah, I I appreciate the hardcore mentality, but man, I just read this article that's like one of the first level one hundred or whatever hardcore people lost their character due to I a heard server about issue. That. Yeah. That, that's scary, man. He disconnected. Yeah, that's oh. crazy. They should definitely give him back that character. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty rough. I'm also yeah. playing Diablo. Uh, I'm playing not on hardcore. I would have died a thousand <laughs> times over. My PC uh, today was just having issues struggling running the game. It would pause for like 30 seconds at a time. I couldn't even, I didn't even know if the game was going to recover. I was expecting it to crash. And actually, even last night, I'd just be standing in town opening my inventory and the game would crash on me. So I oh, wow. can't comfortably play hardcore right now because. Yeah, my computer would just let me down, but I'm playing a Sork as well, and I'm, I think I'm in 55 today. Um, oh, yeah. nice. Nice. Yeah. 
I, I have a lot of amazing memories of playing Diablo 2 um, and then playing Path of Exile uh, after that. Um, I'm not playing Diablo 4 right now, but I, I do hear that um, this version of Diablo, Diablo 4, has gone back a little bit to to the roots. Uh, yes, Shay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been playing Diablo since, well, Diablo. Um, yeah. It's a lot darker, it's slower. Um, it still has a little, a little bit of a feel of Diablo 3, and as you gear up and get more powerful, you get to kind of speed run stuff. But the the story in the early game is very Diablo 2-esque, I would say, and I like it. It's it's I like the pace. It's it's really fun. Um, and just thinking about, like, now that I know Sean plays it, I know Andrew plays it, and I got a couple of friends that bought it last night, I'm in for a really good time for the next long time, I think, being able to to group up with some friends and play uh, Diablo because, you know, it's a lot funner to play these kind of games with people. Is there, yeah. like, raiding, like, multiplayer like that? Not really. So there's world bosses right now um, that you can show up to an area and fight or world-type events where the server will sort of, like, put you with other players doing the same thing in the same area. And I haven't actually grouped up past one person, so I don't know what how many players you can actually have in a group at this point. Do you know, Sean? Uh, playing with friends, I think you can have like five or something. Um, yeah. I've been playing hardcore with uh, two of my buddies, so all three of us have just recently beat the story. And yeah, like you go to, I think there's even a PvP area that you can jump into and fight other players. Like you'll get marked saying you have like a special item or something. And so mm -hmm. other players will come try to fight you and kill you. And uh, I mean, that playing hardcore, I don't know how I feel about that. It'd be scary to just get one shot by a crazy barb or something. But uh, I think it'd, it'd be a lot of fun as well. That That is Omega stressful. That's, that's way <laughs> too much. It is, <laughs> yeah, it is. What about yeah. you, Felix? What are you playing these days? Yeah, so since uh, since RTN season has been winding down, I've been playing a little bit of uh, Street Fighter VI, and I just have to say, if you want to feel like you have no coordination whatsoever, uh, get into a fighting game. It is absolutely <laughs> insane. Like I, I feel like I, I want my brain wants to know and maybe knows what the right thing to do is, but your fingers do not cooperate. It's going to be a long and painful journey towards... You just uh, mash buttons. Yeah. Oh, no. no. That, that PvP games are so stressful. I don't know how you're playing them at, you know, this point in your life. Like, so <laughs> even Diablo is, like, casual. Like, I can die, whatever, go do quests. But, like, PvP, like, Street Fighter or FPSs, like, it's your skill against your opponent's skill and... You know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not that good. So there's more frustrating moments than there are rewarding moments. Have you guys seen that video that's been making its rounds around the Fab Sphere? Uh, Flesh and Blood is a fighting game. Yes, I have not. Sean, no. have you? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a really good video. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it a tell you all about it. Yeah. Well, we'll link it in the the description of this podcast. But yeah, it's it's an amazing video, like a video essay type uh, video from Gorganian Tome and just comparing how the card game of Flesh and Blood has a lot of parallels to fighting games, maybe even more so than another card game like Magic the Gathering. 
Um, like a, a lot of people try to compare different archetypes uh, in flesh and blood to magic, but a lot of times it doesn't really translate well one-to-one. But what it does kind of translate well to, and I've been completely convinced after watching the video, is a fighting game. Because in a fighting game, you start with full health, and your character has a set of moves, and your opponent has a set of moves that may be different than yours, and you'll have different strengths and weaknesses. Maybe your character is a rushdown kind of character that doesn't care about getting hit. They just want to rush themselves in and beat down their opponent before they die. Or maybe your opponent's like more ranged and wants to keep your opponent at bay with a lot of long range moves and keep themselves safe. Like there's there's all these really great parallels that um, I think the the video does such a good job explaining. And yeah, it's just top notch. I I couldn't recommend it enough. And that actually inspired me to pick up Street Fighter. And I can see a lot of the parallels playing the game. But of course, the physical requirements to play a fighting game, even to execute something like a Hadouken, like the quarter circle forward uh, plus punch, or even more challenging, like the uppercut, like where you have to do this Z-shaped movement and then do a punch. Like just to train to do that takes hours, at least for someone like me, where it doesn't come naturally. And then to be able to execute that, in real time when you're under pressure with your opponent in a quick reaction time, it's going to take a while. So like I said, for now, it feels like I've, I'm a baby. I have no, like I I'm putting my spoonful of baby food into my eye. Like that's, uh, that's <laughs> the stage tips. I'm at right now. Yeah. Well, it's, it's even it's like, a lot uh, of fun, like super mash bros. Like I'll play some of my friends at super mash. And you can just tell the skill gap level. Like yeah. they know all the move sets, like what you're gonna do. And I'm just yeah. over there like mashing buttons, trying to figure out yeah. how to how to kill them. But they're just, you know, counter everything I do and it's yeah, it, it is a lot like flesh and blood. Even like your equipment, like like you use an equipment piece and it's like, you know, stripped off you and you can't use yeah. it anymore. Um, so it's I can see how it's definitely like a fighting game. Well, yeah, no, it's it's been great, and uh, just like all our guests, Sean, you've you've been amazing. Thank you so much for uh, for chatting with us and uh, telling us all about your epic win. Yeah, well, yeah, thanks for having me. I think you guys are doing something really special here, and I will be watching or listening to every podcast from here on out. So keep up the good work. Thanks very much. Um, so to all of our legions of fans, do you have any social media uh, presence that they could contact you if they want to learn more about Lexi? Uh, no, <laughs> not really. <laughs> it's okay. We've never, I've never, nobody's ever commented on any of our videos. It's all good. Uh, okay. Wow. Sean. I, I have wow. actually, I'm the Brombe plays guy. So <laughs> yep. I think I had one of the few comments amazing. in one of the videos. Amazing. Yeah. No, that's that's great, Sean. You are truly keeping a local, and you know, here in Calgary, we do appreciate you very much. Congratulations again yeah. on your win! And thank you thank for you. all of our for all of our listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please check us out on YouTube, IP2 Podcast, on Twitter at IP2 Podcast, and on Mastodon, IP2 Podcast at Wraith.social. Thank you.
yeah no it, it's absolutely top notch um do, do you call it super mash bros like is that is that yes, super freudian bros, slip or okay it's literally mash bros okay what, what did i say you said super mash bros i think it's super smash bros my friend oh yeah i, I definitely thought it was super mash bros. <laughs> i go. wasn't gonna call him out on it i was just gonna let it go super Look, no smash, one's perfect super not mash. even it's... not even local legend sean Bray. that's okay. why he's losing <laughs> yeah, exactly i don't now even know what the game it. is yeah, yeah, exactly. Amazing. Oh, man. I think we've been talking long enough. What do you think, Felix? 